I'm DJ Psyched, and you're listening to the Get Psyched Podcast. Let's get psyched about reading. This is the Get Psyched YouTube channel or the Get Psyched Podcast, depending on how you're listening to this right now. Today, we're getting psyched about reading again. We're talking about Heartstopper by Alice Olsman. Alice is from Kent in the UK, and this story that I'm talking about today comes from two minor characters from the author's debut novel, Solitaire. I haven't read the novel yet. I just found that out actually after finishing this story because the author put a note in it at the end. I did learn a lot about this story. It started out on Tumblr, and the author basically independently like wrote this story and then published it on her own and it got picked up by a publisher soon after and it became the more popular story that it is today. Story can also be read on a website called Tapas. It's a website where you can read graphic novels and you can read all of these stories on there as well from this author. I am going to be linking it below so that you can support this author if you decide you want to read this. This is a graphic novel. This is very new to me. I don't really read graphic novels like that. I mostly just read novels. I have read a graphic novel before, but this is like literally only like the second graphic novel I've ever read and it left a really good impression. So I've, I've kind of been reading a bit more graphic novels on that website since reading this and i only read this this weekend but i became absolutely obsessed with it it has three volumes and this right here is volume one i read what is in the other volumes because of that website having its availability but there is bonus content when you buy the full version which i do definitely plan to pick up someday like i said i absolutely fell in love with this story after reading it the artwork is fantastic it's so beautiful it's nice and simple. The artist has said before themselves, they don't really like the whole aspect of coloring and stuff. They're more into drawing in the sketch style. It's their style. It's a beautiful style. It started out as grayscale with like four simple shades of white, black, and gray. The US edition, it comes in this like greenish, bluish color. It's really beautiful, but the artwork is just fantastic. I think it looks great. It's very minimal and simplistic. The way it's written, something about it just really draws you in. Like the minimalismness of it makes it just really beautiful looking, I don't know. And the story is fantastic and, and straight to the point and it really draws you in. This is an absolute page turner. Like when I say I started reading it this weekend, I mean, it was one day. It was one day I picked up this book blazed through it in like an hour and then ended up like obsessively trying to find out if I could get a hold of the other one soon and that's when I found Tapas and read all of it. In the print version there's three volumes but online it's in episodes and there's up to 153 episodes available right now and I am done with all 153 episodes. It was a fantastic read, so I wanted to talk about it today, especially because it is a, a good time to talk about it. It is Pride Month, and this is an LGBT story, so I just thought it'd be fun to, to bring it up right now because this, this is a brilliantly done story. So like I said, the genre, this is an LGBT plus graphic novel, very well done. The artist originally published it in the UK, but it's available just about everywhere now. There are three volumes, and like I said, there are 153 episodes online currently available. The author very frequently puts out episodes. When I read it on Saturday, there was only 152, and the most recent episode was released on Sunday, and I do believe like about three episodes a month come out. It's pretty frequent, so that's I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and something else, this artist does put out a lot of content around this. There's also a coloring book that was just released on this, which is really cool. Like, I, I really want to get that. But also, there's all kinds of short stories the author's always doing about the character and other minor characters in this story. The author will post things on Tumblr and Instagram that are additional stories. 
The author does Q&As. So there's just so much content that comes out with this. There's even like Harry Potter crossovers in the short stories and a whole short story dedicated to crossing over the universe of Charlie and Nick with Detroit Become Human, which I thought was so cool. Like I actually really love that video game. Even though I've never played it, I watch gameplays and I just, I can't wait to read it. I haven't read it just yet because I was so busy focusing on the main story, but I just think it's really cool that the author puts out so much content around these characters, especially because it's so easy to fall in love with them once you read it. Now into what the story is actually about. To give a short summary, the main character is this kid named Charlie here. Charlie was outed in school a year or so ago. It wasn't really his choice. He told some close friends about it and somehow it got out. I don't want to spoil that for you because that is a part of the story, but he's outed in school. People know he's gay, but he's in this secret relationship with this guy who's like really not good to him. The guy that he's with basically is in the closet and not willing to come out. And it's not just that, but the guy doesn't really seem to actually care for Charlie. He just seems to want to make out with some guy because he's in the closet and he just wants to have his experience with a man without devoting himself to the man. He has a girlfriend. He treats Charlie like trash. And so anyhow, Charlie ends up sitting next to this really nice kid in class. He's kind of like a cool kid. He's on the rugby team. He's a year older than him. But they end up sitting next to each other and becoming really good friends. And in fact, they become like best friends. And their story develops like that. Like it's basically the gist of the story. They become like best friends. And I don't want to spoil too much just yet. I mean, I definitely will be spoiling stuff in this, but yeah, they become more than friends. And that's where the story really starts to develop and transpire. And that's most of volume one, honestly, is kind of like them getting from meeting to becoming friends. A really great story. The other two volumes are more in depth as far as their relationship and that kind of progression. I did say there was going to be spoilers, so just <laughs> there are definitely spoilers. Why I really want to talk about this is I, I just want to talk so badly with someone about the relevant points and just a lot of great things that the author does as far as representation in this book. This book talks about so many things and it's done so well. Like I said, there's so much different representation. There's so many different stories for all these different characters. They all have very different experiences. You get to see all different kinds of sides of their experiences, their internal struggles, external struggles, how their families and their friends respond to things, how their whole, like you get to see all aspects. It's not just like a story that focuses on all the good sides and oh, it's just a cute like love story between these two boys. Like it does get serious at some points, but it's not negative. It's a very healthy balance of showing you both sides of all of these characters experiences. And when I say LGBT plus book, I definitely mean it. There are a few lesbian couples in the story, some gay characters. There is our, our main character. One of them is bisexual and he figures that out throughout the story. And we do have a trans character. So there's a lot of representation in this story. And it's just, it's so well done. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to keep getting into it. <laughs> so one of my favorite tropes from this whole story is of this kid named Kevin, who's just a total dick. Like I said, Nick is a rugby player in this story. Charlie actually ends up becoming a rugby player too because when they were becoming friends, like before they started dating, Nick needed someone else on the team and he decided to choose Charlie because he saw that Charlie was a fast runner. And so he ends up being on the team, so they're both on the team, but mostly the people on the team are just friends with Nick. There are still some people who used to bully Charlie when he was outed that are on the team and people who were just generally they either didn't help the situation or they were bullying him and kevin was definitely one of the worst characters in this story as far as that regard he was very openly homophobic and mean to charlie at one point in the story 
Nick decides to have Charlie come hang out with him and all of his friends at a movie to meet his friends. And Charlie was a little nervous and people kept warning him, like his friends and family, they're like, hey, if something happens, let us know because they knew that Nick's friends were kind of dicks. But Nick kind of assumed, and, and he didn't, he didn't mean to do for this to happen, but he kind of assumed his friends would be cool with Charlie because he was cool with Charlie. But when they went to the movies together, Kevin, the ringleader of being dicks, was being very homophobic towards Charlie. And Nick tried to help at first, but Charlie just kind of left. And so when Charlie ended up leaving, Nick was there alone with Kevin and Kevin kept making these comments and he ended up getting into a fist fight with him. And he talks about later on how he really wished he hadn't resorted to violence, but I mean, Kevin had it coming to him. He's a total dick. Anyways, Nick's friends weren't really supporting him or saying, hey, Kevin, stop. They just kind of laughed along with the jokes and kept going. So Nick ends up going to Charlie and saying like, hey, this is what happened. Like, he's very honest with him. I love Nick and Charlie. They're so good with communication and being honest. And he tells him about the fight and stuff. And he apologizes for inviting him, given that he didn't think his friends would treat him that way. And he says, well, these people, like, they're going to act this way and they're going to be this way. They're not really going to be my friends. And he kind of like just decides that he wants better friends. So he starts being friends with Charlie's friends more because they were way more tolerant and accepting. And instead of the story just ending there, it takes a twist when Nick's friends one day walk up to him without Kevin around and they say, hey, like, we're really sorry that we didn't, we didn't think for ourselves at that time. We knew what he was doing was wrong, but we didn't stand up to him. And that was wrong of us. Like, we're not just going to sit here and be like, tolerant of his intolerance we're not going to sit here and pretend that it didn't happen like we were in the wrong for not speaking up and we're sorry and we won't let that happen again and he ends up getting his friends back that way and i think it's really sweet especially because i think about neurodiversity and from what dr nacost has taught in his classes and he does teach a section where he talks about how like if people are using group slurs and saying these terrible things that you know are wrong and you don't stand for in front of you you can't just sit there and not do anything about it you have to make your feelings known Tell your friends and family like, hey, what you're saying hurts me and I don't want to hear it. And that's what he did. And he did resort to violence in that moment because Kevin kept going too far, but he did try. He stopped and he said, hey, I don't like this. Charlie's my friend. You can't say that. And they didn't listen. But because he made his point known and then walked away, he did he did hit him, which was not the right thing to do. But once he walked away and he just left it at that, he didn't make any more drama out of it. He just said, hey, what you guys are saying is hurtful. Charlie's my friend. And he walked away. Eventually, they thought about it and they were like, that was wrong. We shouldn't be treating him wrong. Why, why should we treat Charlie bad? Charlie's nice to us. We like Charlie. And so it did change their mind, which I thought was really cute. I love that trope, favorite part of the story. There's some other uh, good stories and tropes and side notes in this. So the gym teacher, there's one moment where, like I said, the rugby team is a big part of the first uh, volume. But there's one moment in the first volume where his friends are kind of like speculating at him and Nick because him and Nick are just being really flirtatious on the field. And they're like, do you think Nick could actually like him back? Because no one suspected Nick to be not straight even nick didn't know when the story started so they're like speculating they're sitting around and they're talking about them interacting and the gym teacher walks up behind them and she's like you know speculating about someone's sexuality is disrespectful and it's none of your business go back to playing your game <laughs> she just shuts them down so fast like it's none of your business you don't need to be talking about this this is their life let them figure it out go play your sports and they do and i don't know i like that the story also is largely centered around struggles that can come with coming out 
and how coming out is such a, a thing that people have to think about sometimes when they're in an LGBT space. It's just one of those things where like coming out is a very complicated thing for people because you know, do, do you have to come out? Do you always have to come out to people? Like, are you really gonna spend the rest of your life coming out? Is it anyone's business? It's, it's they talk about a lot of themes. Like, you know, obviously they wanna tell their family members and they want to announce it to their family members to be, you know, in a sense, it's just, it's just right. A lot of the times telling your family up front discussing it together nick and charlie realized that they are very secure in themselves and although they were very scared because it's a large part of the story is that they were very scared to come out together nick was very scared when he realized he was bisexual he was scared of who he was he had a lot of internal struggles that we see in this story and he also was just worried about coming out and telling other people and charlie was nervous because he's already been bullied for coming out before and he doesn't want nick to have to go through any of that but they come to this conclusion that together because they're secure in themselves, because they do find themselves and they find internal security, they're not worried about other people's opinion as much. And because they have each other and their friends, they know that they will get through any of it together. But they do talk about a lot of really serious topics in this story on top of that. Like, like you can feel so secure in yourself and you could just be yourself all the time and that is cool, but you'll never know in certain spaces when it will be a thing, when it will end up causing some kind of feeling in the other person when it could be harder than just being out and it's fine. So I, I love that the story brings up very like real topics like that and, and shows these characters struggles in that way. It's just, it's a very well done story. I can't say anything more than just read it. Yeah, like I said, they show all aspects of it. There are some characters who have a much easier time coming out. Some characters struggle with it a lot. Some characters, their families don't know about it yet and they're having a hard time because their families are not accepting people. Some characters have very accepting families. And so they really do give a lot of representation in this book of just different experiences from different characters and their different backgrounds. It's just, it's very well done. If you are in an LGBT space, there's someone, there's some character in the story you could relate to. There's just so much representation in it. But yeah, I think that something that's really cute about this story is that it is just a cute little love story too on top of all of its seriousness you do get to see that these are regular people with regular love stories they have their struggles they have their triumphs regular people in love on top of the experiences that they might be having they are just kids in love and you do get to see that in this story which is really beautiful and there are other random little representation and tropes in the story like two teachers end up falling in love basically one teacher admitted that he didn't come out until very very recently or at least he didn't accept himself until very very recently and he's an older man and he's like I don't get to have those youthful finding yourself gay experiences and the other teacher's like well maybe you're not young but it's definitely not too late for you to be yourself and and it's just really cute like he gets to finally have these moments as an older adult that he didn't get to have when he was younger because he hadn't come out or accepted himself at that age and I just I thought that was so cute giving like the older LGBT representation in the story. The last thing I'm going to end off this summary by saying is that there are very deep topics in this story as well. It is a very cute love story but they do touch on very heavy themes at moments. There are talks of self-harm, eating disorders, and other mental health issues but the author does state, and they say it a lot on the um, website where you can read this, there are warnings before they talk about any of these things. And also they talk about how even though this next series that they're coming out with is going to be even heavier than the last few, it, the story is always going to be about triumph and support. And it's always going to take a good spin in the end because the author does want to encourage 
real conversation, real talk, but also not like all negativity and harshness. Like she wants to show how support and care and good friends and being there for each other can really help in these situations. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's something that you get a lot in this story. When Charlie and Nick have each other, they can get through just about anything. And when they have their friends and some of their supportive family, it's just a really cute story about support and triumph and love, representation, and just sharing different experiences. And I think this is definitely meant to be like a feel-goody type story. If you're reading this and you're relating to any of the characters, you should be happy in the end that you can relate to a character and that your story is being told. And I think it's just very beautiful. It's a very well done story. I highly recommend it. Heartstopper by Alice Olsman. And I will say, last thing I gotta say about this is that this definitely started up a new obsession with me with graphic novels. Now that I know that that website Tapas even exists, I am definitely going to be checking out more authors. But yeah, I'm really excited to read more graphic novels and talk more about them here. But as always, I like to end these talks with a question. So today's question is, what do you think making the story into a graphic novel did for the story? And do you think the format was relevant to its impact? Me personally, <laughs> um, I think that the format is just fantastic. It was a really easy read. Like because of you know, the way graphic novels work is that you, you get a lot of context and details and descriptors from the pictures. So you're just really reading dialogue and, and other little notes. So you can get through it much faster while still getting a good clear picture of what's happening. So I think that how digestible this story is, is really helpful because like I said, this has a lot of great representation. It's got a lot of great tropes and a lot of great stories and you can really just sit back and enjoy this. It's not a stress on the brain or anything. It's not gonna take you a really long time. I think anyone of any age could really enjoy this story. Like if you're like me and you're just a terrible reader, <laughs> and I always have been so like I know a young me could have picked this up and read it. it It's just really nice. It's not really brain straining like some people might find reading a bigger novel It's not daunting to read. It's a really quick read You don't have to sit there and read it all in one sitting if you go online You could read a couple episodes a day it would take you like five or so minutes And you can get a lot of the story really quickly, which I think is really good Like how digestible it is how easy and laid-back it is to read anyone could get through these stories and and find comfort in them. I found them very comforting and cute and they were fun. So yeah, I think that the format was very relevant. I think that seeing the pictures, it's just very nice. And for anyone who is ever into like Tumblr, like way back in the day, like, I love Tumblr. <laughs> this is very much Tumblr-esque. This is the kind of stuff you found on Tumblr, very cute graphic stories. So it is a little nostalgic in that sense too. So I think it's really cool, the format that this author decided to choose. I think a lot of people will find it relatable and adorable and it's just a great it's a great read <laughs> that's all i really have to say on that this month heartstopper on tapas is supporting the okra project to help black trans individuals i will definitely be linking that below if you want to check it out you could also go to the okraproject.com to support the project directly if you just want to donate your money straight to them until next time let's stay psyched about reading